My name is Jessica Estelle Huggins, creative independent producer of films, documentaries, and podcasts. I'm also the host of your new favorite podcast, Black Women Shine. In this series, the Black Women Shine podcast celebrates the contributions of 10 out of hundreds of Black women in the city of Boston that have been doing incredible work within the arts, civic engagement, and mental health. Nakia Jean-Charles is a lifelong resident of Mattapan in Boston. Her passion for helping undervalued community members in Boston started when she became a youth organizer around the age of 13. Through her journey as a community organizer in organizations like St. Joseph's Youth Programs, she became the co-executive director at March for Our Lives, Massachusetts, and a board member on the Greater Mattapan Neighborhood Council. Nakia strives to actively advocate for justice and liberation of black and brown people in this generation and future generations to come. Recently, she organized the creation of the Mattapan Community Fridge, and now Nakia is running for Boston City Council District 4. Let's hear more from Nakia. Thank you, Nakia, for joining me on the Black Women Shine podcast. Uh, just for our listeners, I want to preface how Nakia and I met. <laughs> I met Nakia virtually. Her and I still have not met in person yet, but hey. I met her. <laughs> I met her virtually in 2020. I served as her mentor for uh, the NAACP had an act so competition where they have different young black people share their talents, whether it be in the arts, the sciences, whatever. And Nakia made it to gold level. Yes. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? I was always interested in filmmaking. So I had applied for filmmaking and also entrepreneurship, but I made it for gold for um, filmmaking. Afterwards, my film was mostly on how students and youth organizers have led this movement you can see it through like the black panther movement with fred hampton and also with folks who are young like us throughout the civil um civil rights so basically it, it was focused around like how youth even though we're we're busy after school we end up fighting for liberation at the end of the day and so that's why i focused it mostly yes. on yeah so i i felt really proud of you even not as my mentee but just as a young black woman just out here can you talk a little bit about your upbringing? Yeah, so I grew up in a wonderful place called Mattapan, not the murder pan that people always try to display us as, right. but the wonderful Mattapan. And I've always lived in district, the District 4 part of Mattapan for some reason. Every time I moved to houses from Loner Road to Wellsedon Apartments, Blue Hill Ave, um, all those triple deckers, <laughs> I've always lived in the Mattapan part of District 4. And I've always had a, a love for Mattapan, um, especially with at a young age, I started organizing. I didn't even realize that it was organizing because um, the Lower Mills Library was going to shut down. And me and other youth, just being nosy as always, <laughs> went into one of the hallways and found out that they were having a meeting about how the 
library would get shut down. So since then, we've been advocating. And then afterwards, before I left um, that school at the time, which is St. John Paul Catholic Academy, they had finally made the library stay open. And so still to this day, it's open. But my real activism started to get on when I was in high school. Was that your moment, you know, advocating for the Lower Mills Library to stay open? Was that the moment that you were like, hey, I can do this professionally. I can really be part of civic engagement. I think, no, it actually wasn't my moment. It was just a spark. It was Mm -hmm. a spark. And then there was just a burst afterwards once I was like 13 or 14 years old, because I actually got tricked into youth organizing. (laughs) Um, I applied to be at St. Stephen's Youth Program. So I applied to be a, a CIT, which is like um, significantly working with youth. But the person that had interviewed me had said everything that I had stated during the interview was mostly about organizing and being in community and wanting to help other folks. So one day I got a call back from Sarah O'Connor. That's my interview at the time. And she was like, I'm in a volleyball game, right? And I'm leaving on my way to get back home on the bus. And I get a call and she's like, hi, you can come to this new organizer position on so-and-so date. And I'm like, what? What is this lady doing? (laughs) Um, And so I was just so surprised. But once I got into it, we started working on the Student Opportunity Act, which like brought, after like advocating for that, but um, that specific legislation for the State House for like three years, junior year, that legislation passed, finally passed. Mm. We worked a lot on gun violence prevention because as you know, it happens in Mattapan a lot in a lot of our communities. So ever since then, I've been getting my activism on and fighting for my communities. But I think what's really pushing me this year would be like after I got a degree in Mattapan Neighborhood Council, I wanted to do more stuff in Mattapan. And so I created the Mattapan Community Fridge and that's been really pushing me. So ever since mm. then, I've been happy to be in community with folks and just the presence of community for real feels so, so great. So yeah. just wanting to advocate for that on a city level would be so powerful. And knowing that I would be advocating for their for whatever their needs are is such a great cause. That's incredible. <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> so, Nakia, what made you decide to run for city councilor of District 4? Growing up in District 4 specifically, I've seen the good and the bad. But I, I think everyone here and also I take this near and dear to me that District 4 deserves better. We deserve to have a public high school in Mattapan. We deserve to have access to stable housing. We deserve to have safety, which you lack a lot in our neighborhood, even though we're severely surveilled. Um, and we deserve to have access to healthy foods, breathe clean air, and those necessities aren't really being provided to us. And one of the major things is that District 4 deserves to be heard and listened to. That's one of the specific reasons why I'm running for office after folks had voted on the budget in the summer um, for FY. 21, which is the cycle that we're on currently, there were some folks that had said no. Andrea Campbell, Councilor Campbell, had actually said yes, and I was in agreement with that. But as you know, she's running for mayor. So we got to keep this progress going yeah. <laughs> and it has to go on a much faster, um, newer level. So I, I plan on bringing my new perspective to city, to city hall and also my energy, my experience, especially as a young black woman organizing in this world, like I have thick skin <laughs> and plus with the blood of the like liberation from the Haitian revolutions. I'm actually Haitian and my parents uh, migrated here. So I'm willing to bring all of that. So city hall is going to have a, I don't want to say rude awakening, but a, a big awakening awakening for change. And I'm just ready to bring that change on the horizon. Yeah. So to that end, what are some of the focus areas of your campaign? 
my number one goal is getting Mattapan a high school because that is specifically white supremacy at its finest. Mattapan being one of the blackest neighborhoods in Boston, they specifically did that on purpose. I had to deal with that consequence because I had to get access to a secondary education outside of my neighborhood. So number one, I'm really focused on getting us a public high school. But when I did my campaign release back in February, I had announced with three different platforms, which is a public peace platform and how we prevent and react harm from trauma-based reaction types of base. And then I also came out with the imagining food abundance so folks could get more access to food. And also we came out with the transparency and accountability. All of those are near and dear to me because I'm running on a campaign that has a value of accountability, accessibility, also reimagination. And so I'm making sure that I'm also being connected to those constituents. But when I came out with those platforms, public peace specifically, I deal with the danger all the time. If you're in a meeting with me, you're going to hear signs. <laughs> but um, and like we tend to make light of it, but we go through these traumas all the time. I have lost one of my teammates in the past who actually lived in my district to um, violence, so gun violence specifically. And also some of my family members have been um, having to deal with gun violence specifically, but all of us are victims of it, but we're also survivors. I just have to say, you're going to come across people who are going to weaponize your age. And I yes. just want to say flat out, no. Keep, yes. that, keep that thick skin, you right. know, because that's the thing. We keep falling into the other category, you know, other in quotations. So it, it may not be your age. It could be your race. It could be your gender. It could be your right. sexuality. Whatever the thing is, you should keep that thick skin. Especially us as Black women, sometimes we're literally just alone. We're yeah. just alone. And there's like really not that much people advocating for us. So we already we've dealt with it throughout the campaign already, um, especially with me, with my age. We've seen some adultism play out, oh, um, some yeah. toxic masculinity. But that tough skin still doesn't like they, they can't come through that. So, yeah. So with that, though, how, how do you think you're being received by the community? Not not the people in City Hall, but the your the people that you live around. How do you think? Uh, their their perceptions are of you running for city council of uh, District 4? All of it has been, well, mine is from, <laughs> when I said the toxic masculinity, maybe it was, I should have said specifically from people who are running against me. <laughs> oh. But mine is that all like the community folks that I'm in community with, folks that constituents and other folks that I've met, they've all been supportive, right? Because with the age that I'm in, I'm able to bring this intergenerational campaign. So my last question, Nakia, I want to ask you, what advice do you have for other young people like you who are interested in getting involved with their their community? Mm, I would say, because at times it really gets difficult when you're trying to see how your goals can be accomplished and what effects are you going to make in the community. I would say somebody gave me a great quote the other, other day about running your race, but my term lately has always been fight for that liberation whatever is going to liberate you at the end of the day you gotta you gotta be hungry for it. you just gotta go hard and you can't look back there's going to be other people that are not in support of you but there's also people that are in your community and finding those people in your community are are there they're going to support you so no matter what you gotta fight for that liberation go hard at it and then once you get there ooh, it's amazing <laughs> it's a nice feeling 
I'm still getting there, but <laughs> this path, like the path is just amazing. So every struggle, it just helps your your skin become a little bit thicker. So you're ready for the next obstacle. So fight for that liberation, just like our ancestors did. Thank you, Nakia, for taking the time out to share your incredible story on the podcast. I'm so in awe of you. I'm proud of you, and I'm grateful for youth like yourself who are taking a serious stand for the betterment of our communities. To learn more about Nakia and to support her campaign, go to nakiaforboston.com. This podcast would not be possible without the support and talents of Michelle Meek, NewEnglandFilm.com, Women in Film and Video New England, Wendy Markin Artie of Animus Studios, Luke Blackadar of the Arts and Business Council, Mark McGuire at Adobe, and music composed by Kadaj Bennett. My name is Jessica Stell Huggins, and I am the host of the Black Women Shine podcast. <laughs>